today in space. What's up, everybody, and welcome to Today in Space. This is the uh, Christmas episode. Uh, it could also be your Hanukkah episode if you'd like it to be, but this is uh, the last episode before uh, the start of the the holidays here. So uh, now if you do celebrate another holiday, uh, please let me know. I just know the people that reach out are in a, and are in the Today in Space family as of right now celebrate Christmas and, and Hanukkah. So uh, if you celebrate something you want me to celebrate it here on the show, reach out. But uh, this this time of year, you know, it, it, I I always love this time of year. It's one of my favorite holidays. Uh, Christmas is what I celebrate, and you know, for me, it's about family. It's about bringing people together, um, giving to somebody else too. You know, now that I'm older, it's definitely more about the the giving than it is anything else. And this year is kind of cool because I'm doing ninety five percent of my presents are three uh, D printed this year. So it's kind of a cool thing to like be able to like have my own like workshop and like make people gifts and presents and things like that. That's pretty freaking cool. Um, so I really like that. That's been a lot of fun. That's what this week is going to entail this upcoming week. But we'll talk more about that later. Um, going back to this time of year, you know, even though I have, you know, a good time this time of year, there are plenty of people that don't. Um, and my heart goes out to them. Uh, the holidays are tough as it is. I mean, they're still stressful, even though I love it. Um, it's still <laughs> pretty stressful. I mean, I've like, before I started recording this podcast, I just downed half a sleeve of Girl Scout cookies. I mean, that's not good for you, but it was delicious. It was incredible and I loved it. And, uh, <laughs> I'm just going to go with it for a day or two, but I've actually been, uh, trying to supplement my, uh, microbiome with some good bacteria with, uh, you know, just, uh, some stuff just to keep, cause the sugar basically from what I understand, now this is bro science. I, I didn't actually look this up, but from what I understand when sugar, um, the bacteria that breaks down the sugar in your stomach, it's actually, I guess, bad bacteria or the byproduct of having sugar helps colonize bad bacteria. And so when, uh, you don't have sugar anymore, you start getting the cravings for it, you know. So I was going through that uh, earlier this week. So uh, I tried to attack that with some some good bacteria, but uh, I realized it's more than that. I think I'm just stress eating. So whatever, I'm going to go with it for another week. I'm going to make sure that I'm working out every day so I'm burning off all that stuff and keeping myself trim and lean. No, I, I definitely need to work out more. Uh, but anyways, anyways, um, I'm just having a lot of fun guys. Uh, and I hope to spread that cheer to you guys. So I, if you're not having a great holiday season or you're having a tough time or just this time of year is pretty stressful too. End of the year, things are coming to a close, bills you got to pay. Listen, we're all going through it. So just know, I, I'm looking out for you. I'm sending you all the love that I can digitally through and whatever ever other mystical force we don't understand yet. I love all you guys. Okay, so be safe. Uh, enjoy yourself and find some kind of de-stressor. You know, find a way to get rid of whatever uh, is going on. Or more importantly, give yourself something that uh, even if it's five minutes, 
Give yourself five minutes every day uh, that's dedicated solely to you. Make time for it. Um, and hopefully that'll, that'll get you through whatever's going on, man. And just have a great holiday season, okay? All right, so last year, to continue with the show, last year, uh, I brought up the quantum Santa theory, which was kind of just an observation I made, you know, knowing more about quantum mechanics, although I would never consider myself anywhere above a novice. Basically, you know, the whole, if you want to boil it down, multiverse kind of stuff. You know, there's multiple universes, you know, universe A, universe B, uh, the little subtle differences, little diff- little things like that. And if you look at, if you Google Santa Claus, I think I think it's just Santa Claus. You look at images. Uh, if if you're under eighteen, obviously you shouldn't be listening to the show, anyways. But if you are, um, <laughs> which you shouldn't be, uh, make sure you uh, block those. Uh, put the advanced search options on. Okay, that's all I'm gonna say, because uh, it gets pretty weird by like page three. But if you look at all the Santas that are there, they're all a little bit subtle, especially if, you, if you've ever seen like older depictions of Santa Claus. It's, it's all a little subtlety and it's all toned or colored based on the people that were celebrating Santa Claus or believed in Santa Claus. Uh, Santa Claus is one of those weird things we as human beings kind of just tell as a story and we put what's real into it, which is an argument for the idea that, you know, What's real is whatever you make real, you know. I mean, there's we see that every day with uh, every year with Santa Claus. Let's let's keep it to Christmas. So we see it every year with Santa Claus. A different version of Santa. How many different versions have you seen? If you look, if you Google it, you'll see a whole bunch of different ones, and each one is subtly different. And that only cuts the surface of what the multiverse or you know perpetual infinity like. I guess that's redundant. What infinity is actually is that even one thing, one character, one idea of the human race, Santa Claus, right? Um, Santa Claus can be fractaled into so many different little subtle changes or big changes, you know, something completely different. The options, the availabilities of these different Santa Clauses are infinite. There's so many, and that's one idea, and so when you think about it on the scope of the universe, obviously your head wants to explode. But uh, I think that's a good way that if you ever want to explain to someone what quantum theory is or what multiverse is like, that's a good starting point. And you can use that with tons of different things. you know. And that's kind of where once I revisited, right, to use the, the, the academic word, quantum Santa theory, revisited, uh, you can really apply that to... Uh, a whole smattering of things. And that's where I get my positivity about where the world is today. You know, where the world is today, we, we're, no one expected to be here. And that's just how impressive um, the way that tomorrow could be for you. That's something totally unexpected that no one ever even really took seriously would happen and it swept everyone under the rug. No one saw this coming. I mean, you know, there's definitely a movement happening. Um, and I think in any direction, it could move. Now, 
a pessimist will say, well, obviously, you know, it's going to be bad. I was talking, <laughs> I was talking to my friend John, and we were actually having this discussion about, you know, where the world's going. We talked, we had the space politics episode a few weeks ago, which we will follow up on, but not this week. Uh, just how there's anything is possible now. That's that's the beautiful thing about it. But you could also say that, yeah, but anything is possible. But it really depends on what you decide. You know, that's your flair on the, you know, the whatever, how, how you want to take opportunity is your little flair, your color, your uh, spin on your reality. And the beautiful thing is that you have the choice to do that. And the only way it's going to happen is if you decide to, you know, if you wait around for something to happen, then you're at the will of whatever's going to happen. And I really do believe that, you know, we're all able to make that decision. I believe in freedom of choice. I believe in the fact that free will is a real thing. It is influenced by, you know, your surroundings, your environment, your choices, but or the choices that you didn't even have available to you that were already decided for you. Yeah, those things are all variables. But I do believe that you really do have your own ability to choose what you want to do. And to explain it in some crazy fucked up way, I decided to use the quantum Santa theory this week. <laughs> but no, it's it's. I'm just really excited. I'm really pumped up. I'm really just happy that I made the choice that I did about, um, you know, after years of planning, finally dedicating it and saying, no, this is what I do full time. You know, I want to do my podcast. I want to spread science. I want to spread love. And I want to start my own business, the 3D printing, AG3D, like making that choice uh, has been amazing. I'm, I am not, I can't say I could be any happier. Like this is, this is incredible. And it's not just about being happy. It's about, I'm being challenged the way that I want to be. Um, it's hard enough. You know, that, that's definitely like a weird thing for me is it has to be hard enough for me to take it seriously. If it's too easy, I get get bored. I get bored. So that's my, that's my flair. That's, you know, that's what I need for myself. Whatever it means for you, figure out and do that because you'll be a lot happier. You know, and granted, you will get to points where, you know, you'll have to do things that are uncomfortable. Like this, what we're doing right here, you know, when it's just me talking into a mic and you're listening to me and you can't talk back. Like, that's pretty weird. And it was at first, it was really uncomfortable to do, but, you know, I figured it out. It's a pretty cool uh, thing that I... I came to I was doing some reflecting and you know we're at two years of the show um and over a hundred episodes 112 on this one and I remember how nerve-wracking and like crazy stressful doing these podcasts by myself like you know uh just me talking to you and having just this long conversation with you um I really enjoy it now I'm I'm starting to really fine-tune and hopefully the message is coming across uh a little bit (laughs) more understandable um you know just cutting things down you know not just wasting air not being like nervously filling uh up conversation because (laughs) i'm trying to like oh my god i gotta do 55 minutes every week uh you know 
finally being okay with a few things and being able to listen to my voice a little bit more, even though it's still, it's still awkward and weird sometimes. Uh, it is important, uh, you know, picking up new things and, and continuously working on stuff. And I love coming and talking to you guys every week. So thanks for listening. And let's, uh, now that the quantum Santa theory has been revisited, let's move to, uh, an orbital update for this week and, uh, see what's new in space this week. All right, so in orbital news, let's go to uh, some coverage of this year uh, and, you know, what has been the story for launches this year? You know, what 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 makes a successful launch company that launches rockets? You know, what what does that look like? What's their success rate look like? Uh, and, you know, this kind of came up from, I believe it was yesterday's news, December 18th, uh, the United Launch Alliance, ULA, they finished their year 12 for 12 with the delivery of the Echo Star X1X to orbit. Uh, so they had a perfect record this year. They had 12 launches. So if you're kind of thinking what a company would do in a year, uh, at this point, it's, you know, uh, 12 for 12. That's that's what the ULA did. And that's a great record. But how does that, you know, how does that match up with other companies which of course, we need to talk uh, SpaceX here. So SpaceX this year had a ballpark as of, let's see, September 1st of 2016. Uh, the Falcon 9 was 93% successful, uh, which according to this, uh, uh, to Bill Ostrove, uh, an aerospace and defense analyst at Forecast International, uh, said that that's right in the ballpark, 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 uh, where the industry average is 95% success rate. So just that gives you an idea of the drive and determination and what kind of output you need to have getting into this industry, okay? The space launch industry Average is 95% successful. You know, and, and ULA's 12 out of 12 is really uh, a, a very good showing because one launch a month, basically. And of those 12, you know, you had all of them. That's great because not only did you have a higher success rate, but you did 12 launches. Like, that's great. Like, if you had a 100% launch rate and you only launched three rockets, eh, you know, okay. Um, it's not as impressive. The 12 out of 12 is definitely impressive. And I like it because that means that, uh, you know, SpaceX has uh, some serious competition, which I think they need. I think it's good for young companies to to have that. And and the ULA is not that old. It's it's uh, 10th year, I believe, was this year. And if I read this article from Spaceflight Insider... Uh, I believe it was, yeah, their 115th overall launch uh, and the 12th of this year. Uh, oh, it was more than 10 years ago that the company started or was founded. So, I mean, that's, ex- that's very, very impressive. Uh, this launch was with a, an Atlas V, 431. That was uh, December 18th launch. And it's very, very cool. Um, 
and very, very awesome to see a company uh, be successful like that, even if it's not SpaceX. Uh, we are an equal opportunity <laughs> space show here. So we'll talk about successes. If you're successful, we're going to talk about you. So congratulations, ULA. And uh, I definitely want to look into more. Uh, I'll write that down for next week. But maybe we'll go into, uh, I did this last year. Maybe we'll do it for the New Year's episode. New Year's episode. Uh, We'll go through all the launches that happened uh, on planet Earth. And we'll, we'll see, you know, who did what. Uh, maybe we'll compare them to last year's number. Ooh, maybe we'll get a graph going. <laughs> I don't know. We'll see. But either way, congratulations to the ULA, the United Launch Alliance. Definitely something out of a sci-fi film with that name. And uh, 12 out of 12 is huge, ginormous, great achievement. Congratulations. So let's go into orbit to the ISS at the International Space Station and see what's been going on there. Uh, I want just to pull a quick one from December 16th, a post on blogs.nasa.gov forward slash station report. And just to to give you an idea of of what this day's activities were, uh, they completed... So it says, today's planned activities, all activities were completed unless otherwise noted. In this day... I counted 69 separate items that were done, uh, and that was done on board. You know, those were planned activities that were completed. Uh, I can barely get over myself writing three a day uh, <laughs> consistently, um, you know, that I'm actually paying attention to, and they're getting done in this day 69 big-ticket things. I mean, just to read a few, like one of them is uh, search for removable screen number two from Chibi's M assembly. Uh, further down, change out of CBK, C, CPBK-2M water conditioning unit purification columns. Another one, Columbus payload power switching box, switch reconfiguration. I don't even know what that means. Um Ultrasound 2 HRF Rack 1 Stowe Alternate, uh, Packed Bed Reactor Experiment Lab Video Return, Onboard Training HTV Post Capture Conference. Uh, another one I saw that I definitely want to say, something about Space Headaches. Yeah, spe- Space Headaches Weekly Questionnaire. Like, just craziness. Like, that's a lot of awesome things that are getting done in orbit, and we rarely ever hear about it. Uh, so that's just a typical day. That's crazy. Um, going to just some of the things that they talked about in this post. I'll just read the titles of it so you guys can get kind of a, a glimpse into what's what happened. Uh, they did the medical consumables tracker installation, uh, which uh, uses radio frequency identification codes to track medicines and medical supplies on board the ISS. Uh, the Japanese Small Satellite Orbital Deployer, or JSOD, Installation, uh, they were unable to locate the multi-layered insulation that was required for protection of the JSOD and slide table, uh, and they were the ground teams were able to locate alternate MLI uh, that could be used, and the crew completed the JSOD installation operations that morning. So that's super cool. You know the the or the small satellite deployer. If that 
shield, that protection shield wasn't found, they would have been screwed. But work the problem. They found something else that would do the job. Awesome. Uh, the BioLab Glove Box Health Check. Uh, it's a periodic check of the BioLab Glove Box uh, that seals uh, the, the seals of the glove box and the gloves, including sensors for the fan status, delta pressure, temperature, and relative humidity. Um also, the commercial off-the-shelf, or COTS, ultra-high-frequency communications unit, or the COTS UHF CUCU redundant power cable reroute. So they rerouted CUCU, or CUCU, redundant power cable from Express Rack 2 to the Lab Deck 3 location in order to maintain two independent power sources for fault tolerance. This protects for a single upstream ISS power failure, removing all power to the cuckoo. The COTS UHF communications unit is used for space-to-space communication between Dragon and the ISS during rendezvous. Now, more on SpaceX grammar. Uh, Cuckoo was made on purpose because people at NASA would have to say uh, cuckoo every time they <laughs> referred to uh, Dragon and the ISS. You can read more about it in uh, the book about Elon Musk. Uh, let me pull that up real quick in case you guys are looking for a good read because it's awesome. Okay, so it's called Elon Musk, Tesla, SpaceX, and the Quest for a Fantastic Future. Uh, and it was by Ashley Vance, and my version was read by uh, Fred Sanders. Uh, fantastic book goes into all the background stuff and i remember from reading the book cuckoo the name was picked on purpose uh there's definitely little subtle jabs according to ashley vance between new space and old space uh especially from the early stuff that even down to the names that are described for these things there's little jabs going back and forth so that's a fun one and just more things on the international space station getting done on a daily basis than we could even imagine. So congratulations to the ISS team up there uh, putting in work, and we'll see more of what's going on in the following weeks and catch up with what's going on in orbit. Before we end the orbital update, we definitely have to give credit where credit is due to Orbital ATK for the successful launch of the Cyclone, or NASA's Cyclone Global Navigation Satellite System Mission, or Cygnus, which uh, launched December 15th aboard an Orbital ATK Pegasus XL rocket. Now, what is the Pegasus XL rocket? Well, the... Pegasus launches uh, by being released from an orbital ATK L-1011, which basically uh, looks uh, just just for, for, for simplicity. Think of like a commercial plane, uh, and on the bottom of it, it has strapped a tinier rocket that looks kind of like a missile. Um, so basically the plane goes up, into high altitude, releases the Pegasus rocket while it's, you know, banking away from it. The rocket falls a little bit, and then the rockets ignite, so it's basically going laterally, and then the thrust angles uh, upward towards the sky, and so it slowly gets into orbit. And on board the Pegasus uh, XL rocket were 
eight microsatellites, which are going to make a constellation. They're going to help us better understand and forecast storm intensities. So uh, it's a really cool mission, a very cool thing to watch launch. Uh, it goes off of the old, you know, we, we had tried this back in the day to try and see, okay, especially with, I believe it was the space shuttle era, if I'm not mistaken, but they would try a bunch of things. I mean, we had, I think it was a 747, but I could definitely be wrong. One of those class of airplanes that had essentially the space shuttle strapped on top. And we were trying to see, okay, what's more fuel efficient? What's more cost effective? Because the space shuttle was pretty expensive. Uh, how do we get this thing to launch successfully more? You know, how, how do we make it reusable? You know, this was the beginnings of the reusability because the space shuttle was a reusable craft, but the launch vehicles were not. Uh, so they tried different things, you know, obviously vertical takeoff from the ground. Then there was also horizontal takeoff, which was aboard a plane that uh, it's very, it's identical to the idea that Virgin Galactic uses with uh, Spaceship One. You know, the Unity and Spaceship One, they, they worked in tandem with each other so that you know, one takes off, one does a huge banking 180 turn, basically, uh, flips completely over and goes the other way while uh, Spaceship One glides and gets ready for launch. And that that's a horizontal launch. Uh, so the same ideas with the Pegasus XL. Uh, and back in history, what they tried to see was what was more cost effective. Uh, and it turned out at the way that they could do it and the amount of money they would invest into developing that technology they decided that fuel efficient wise, it, it wasn't any more efficient. Uh, you know, you're still using the cost wise at the very least didn't make more sense to do one of the, over the other. So they stuck with the vertical launches and the Pegasus XL launch was pretty, pretty cool. And so it, it had a drop point at 39,000 feet above the Atlantic ocean, which is about 110 nautical miles east, northeast of Daytona beach. And there's also an F-18 support aircraft, uh, NASA's own, uh, that's used to provide live coverage of the air launch uh, that was carrying Cygnus. So really cool launch, uh, fun thing to see. I saw a few uh, NASA social peeps uh, were at least watching the broadcast. I think a few of them were actually present for it, but it was delayed originally, I believe, due to weather. Uh, so this was the second try at launching this, and it was successful. So we're going to have... Uh, a new tool to help us better understand forecast storm intensities. Uh, sorry, understand and forecast. So uh, very good for meteorologists and people who study weather. And that trickles down to all of us because the better we can understand that, the better we can prepare for any kind of major storms or know exactly what weather we are going to get. So awesome. Congratulations, Orbital ATK. You guys are back in business. You guys are doing great things. Congrats. And that covers it for this week's orbital update, orbital news. So let's move on to a follow-up of AG3D. We'll do a 3D printing update, see what's good with that. Let's do it. On this week's 3D printing update, let's uh, talk about what week three has been like with AG3D. And it, a lot has gotten done. Definitely finding my rhythm a little bit more with the day-to-day -day operations. Uh, we've got the printer 
we can do turnarounds within a day now, which is fantastic. Uh, so very good for anyone who needs something done very quickly. We'll be able to accommodate that. And the other thing that's been strange is it's been very cold uh, in the Boston area, uh, New England in, in general. And uh, the other day it was five degrees with a minus 10 wind chill that brought it down to minus 15 degrees Fahrenheit. And other than being bone-chillingly cold outside, it was actually affecting inside the rave box, which is the box I use. Uh, It's the enclosed wood and glass uh, that I built myself. It encloses the 3D printer that I have right now and has a ventilation tube out to the outside of the fan system and everything. But it was so cold that it was actually pulling so much heat out from inside that the inside of the box dropped, I believe, at one point fifteen degrees, which fifteen degrees in any direction is a is a pretty massive change. Just for you to notice, for the you know human beings to notice, oh wow, it got a lot warmer or a lot colder, all of a sudden, um, with fifteen degrees with three D printing, especially with ABS, which was the big problem. You know, ABS uh, does warp on you especially with temperature changes. You know, that's why you need a heated bed for printing ABS because it will just curl right off. It won't stick down. And fighting 15 degrees or so of difference from even 10 degrees from the inside to the out, you know, I would have to run the printer with something else before just to get it heated up and then, you know, kind of banking on the fact that the heat doesn't just disappear um so that day we did not print abs so we decided you know don't even don't even bother um luckily we didn't have any orders for abs that day so it all worked out but yeah it's crazy how much the weather outside could have affected our inside systems and you know it showed me a a weakness of my system right now you know don't really want to be uh influenced by the weather you know i don't want my work (laughs) to, to be like oh sorry I can't do work for you because it's too cold outside. That's not really what a customer wants to hear. So it's a good thing for the future. Didn't want to get caught, uh, you know, empty-handed on something like that. So that's pretty interesting. And, you know, we did get our new printer in. I don't know if I mentioned it last time, but we have our brand new printer to add to the fleet here. And this one is from Prusa Research, uh, actually a guy, yes, we did talk about this last week, I, I just remember myself talking about it, but Joseph Prusa, out of Prague, uh, I got the Prusa i3 Mark II, and I'm very, very excited to put that together. We'll be doing a build of it, I'll be recording it, you guys will see it once it comes out, uh, probably a little while from now, but I, I still haven't even had time to get to it yet, so this week, hopefully you know, the week before Christmas here, I'll get a few days in, a few hours in at the very least to build this thing. You know, they clocked it in in about five hours from what I read online to do the kit build. So it'll be interesting to see. And hopefully it'll be something that I can (laughs) release and uh, it'll help somebody else in the future or just give someone an idea of what a 3D printer kit is like. Uh, Because this will be my second one now. It'll be my second build. So hopefully my first experience has taught me something else and we'll see how it goes so that's about it we'll we'll keep it there we'll keep it nice and short this week and just give you something to to chew on for 
uh, before the holidays. So, as always, thank you for listening. Uh, this has been the 3D Printing Report, brought to you by AG3D Printing, a place to bring your ideas into reality. So, come check us out. Uh, we're going to have products coming up here soon. So, you know, if, if you want something cool to buy, we'll have stuff ready for you. Um, but if you're just trying to find a gift for somebody or something for yourself, something from around the house, something you know, unique, different, uh, go check out places like Thingiverse and GrabCAD. You know, they have models that are already done, and pretty much all you got to do is print them. So, since you probably don't have a 3D printer, uh, we can be your printing service for you. Uh, and it can't, it doesn't just stop there, you know, for knickknacks around the office or around the home. We can do full prototypes as well. You know, we can use material that's strong enough that you can actually use it as a working prototype. Or if your, you know, restrictions are too strong, you, you might actually get to use it for your own product. You know, if you're a small company, you want to step out of the mold and get yourself noticed. Um, want to give your customers something uh, unique and different, something custom with your logo name on it, uh, someone else's name on it, we can do all that. So check us out at www.ag3d-printing.com and on Instagram at ag3dprinting, where we're always showing different projects we're doing uh, here and there. Uh, it's a lot of support this last week uh, from Instagram, so that's been really cool. Uh, the, the page is doing well. And people are liking it, which is awesome. So uh, that's it with uh, the 3D printing update. Uh, as far as the show goes, thank you everyone who used the Amazon link this past week to do their shopping. Thank you so much. Uh, that That's going to go a long way to preparations for next year and what we're going to be able to do. And don't worry, it's still not too late. You can use this year-round. Um, it's our Amazon link, which basically you find at our homepage at todayinspace.net. Uh, forward slash home just go there use that link uh, and you just get to do your shopping like you normally do it doesn't cost you anything and amazon sends us a little bit back for shopping through uh our link and and buying their stuff so it's a win-win for everybody and you help support the podcast it's an awesome way to uh to give back uh, if you love the show so that does it thank you for listening i hope you guys have a great week i hope you have either a great Christmas or the start of a great Hanukkah and uh, whatever else you might celebrate this month. I hope you just have a great time doing it and, you know, look out for people. If uh, there's someone out there that's having a hard time, start up some conversation, even if it's small talk. It goes a long way. And uh, you're spreading some good cheer. I mean, really, that's kind of what it's about this time of year. So go out there, spread love, spread science. And have a great week, everybody. And I can't wait to talk to you next week. Bye.